Hi, I'm Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Do you ever have a moment of a profound spiritual realization about what's really happening when you receive Holy Communion? You know, you come back to your pew and you're just in awe. Uh, you really are so grateful that the God of the universe, you can't believe it. He, he wants to come and dwell with you. He, he wants to be one with you. He's inside you right now. It's, it's just incredible. Uh, there's moments in our walk with the Lord where we have that profound appreciation and realization of the gift of Jesus in the Eucharist. But do you ever have those other moments where, I don't know, this is how I feel sometimes, where I, I'm just going through the motions, like I kind of just take it for granted. I mean, I know the real presence is true. I teach it all the time, but you know, I go up, I receive, and I come back to the pew, and maybe I'm just distracted that day, or I'm weighed down by something that's troubling me, or I just don't feel like I'm fully present to Jesus and the gift of Himself to me in the Eucharist, and uh, and I feel badly about that. I want to be better. Well, there, there's a prayer. There's a prayer right before we receive Holy Communion that sometimes just helps me to, to wake me up. You know, if I'm in the middle of the Mass and all of a sudden I remember this prayer, it can help me give the best of myself to Holy Communion. It's a beautiful prayer. It comes right before we go up to receive Communion. The priest says, or we say in response to the priest, we say, Lord, I am not worthy worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word and I shall be healed. What is this prayer all about? What are we talking about? Come under my roof. And uh, what, what does this really mean? Uh, and what is this healing that Jesus wants to accomplish in our souls? Well, these words come from the great Roman centurion, the right out of the Gospels. This is what Jesus, uh, this is what Jesus heard spoken to him when uh, the Roman centurion approached Jesus to have Jesus heal his servant. I want to unpack the background of that biblical story uh, to help us understand what it means in the context of the liturgy and how we're standing in the shoes of the Roman centurion and how we can really approach Jesus more profoundly, giving our full the fullness of our hearts in every Holy Communion. So welcome to the All Things Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Edward Sri. Uh, a big welcome to new listeners and old listeners as well. I want to give a particular shout out to the uh, small group Bible study taking place at Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Potomac, Maryland. They're doing the biblical walk through the Mass Bible study, uh, this five-week program in their parish, and I was blessed to join their small group this last week. It was so fun. Uh, I, I was able to be there as they were kicking off the study, uh, be able to introduce it, uh, kind of set out what are the main themes, uh, be able to answer a few questions. It was just such a delight uh, to be able to get a chance to do that. And I've been doing this with groups all around the country and overseas, and I know a lot of you have been contacting us. And again, if you're interested in learning more about how I can come visit your group virtually for a, a small group virtual event, a time to give a little presentation, a little Q&A, uh, reach out to me at events.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. Love to see your group. Love to do a Q&A session, whether you're doing one of my Bible studies like Biblical Walks of the Mass or Mary or Into His Likeness or any other of the studies, or you just have your own small group. It's just, you know, you've been doing other things in your men's group, your women's group, your Bible study group, your RCAA group, you're a group of catechists or Catholic school teachers. Uh, I have many different topics that I love to present on and love to get to meet small groups around the country, around the world. So again, reach out to me at events.edwards3.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. 
So let's consider this prayer again. Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. You know, it's, it's kind of a funny prayer. <laughs> you know, what are we talking about the roof? You know, what is this all about? Well, I want to give you the context uh, about the biblical story. You can read about this in Matthew's gospel, chapter eight. You read about it in other gospels as well, but I'll, I'll draw from Matthew eight. Here's the background. Jesus has just given the amazing Sermon on the Mount, and people are in awe over his preaching. He's been going around healing every disease and infirmity. People are hearing about this this wonder worker performing these miracles, miracles of healing. And then this Roman centurion comes up to Jesus and asks Jesus to come heal his son. And and the Roman centurion, I I want you to put yourself in his shoes because it's going to tell us a lot about our own walk with the Lord, especially when we go to Mass and we're about to receive Holy Communion. We're going to learn about the two key dispositions that this Roman centurion brings when he approaches Jesus. And we want to have these same dispositions as we're about to approach him in Holy Communion. We're going to learn about his humility and his confident trust in the Lord. These are the two pillars that we want to bring to every Holy Communion, really our whole spiritual life, to encounter Jesus with tremendous humility and tremendous trust. That's what I want to look at with this great man, the Roman centurion. But first of all, let's let's just understand who he is. Who is a Roman? Who is who is this man? What does it mean to be a Roman centurion? Well, first of all, this man is a Gentile, meaning he's not a Jew. So he doesn't come from the Jewish religion. He's not a, a son of Abraham. Uh, this is not someone that, you know, is practicing the the fullness of the Torah and you know going to the temple and the liturgies and, and all this. You know, he's a Gentile, and and the Jews looked you know uh, with a little suspicion on Gentiles. You're not supposed to actually have con- close contact with Gentiles. In fact, the Bible brings out in the New Testament that you know you, you wouldn't go over to a Gentile's house. You know, that wasn't something you would do. And so this Roman centurion, this Gentile, is daring to approach Jesus and asking Jesus for a great favor, a miracle to heal his son. Well, he's not just a Gentile, though. There's a second thing I want to bring out. He's a Roman. He's a Roman Gentile. So there are many Gentile nations all around Israel. But we're talking about not any Gentile nation. This man is a Roman. Uh, Who are the Romans in the first century? They're the ones that are oppressing the Jewish people. (laughs) They're ruling over the land and uh, taxing them very heavily and and bringing in their Roman lifestyle, their pagan lifestyle into the land. So this is a guy that's enforcing the, the oppression of the Jewish people. So he's really looked down upon. He's not just a Gentile. He's a Roman Gentile. So he's a part of, you know, the the people that are oppressing us, but not just a Roman, he's a centurion. What does that mean? Well, he actually uh, is a Roman officer in charge of a hundred soldiers. So he's actually a leader in the the oppression of the Jewish people. He's one of the leaders there in Capernaum. So uh, this guy is, you know, it's hard to think of somebody that you know, a Jew might read the story in the first century, and or, or, or a Jew that was actually there in 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 Capernaum watching this whole event unfold. Jesus is is talking to this centurion. Who does the centurion think he is? Who is he to go talk to Jesus? And why does Jesus take time to listen to that guy? Well, why is he considering this guy's request? You know, who is this man? He's a Gentile. He's a Roman. He's a centurion. And so, what we're going to see here is that this man approaches Jesus with great humility. 
he, he approaches with incredible humility. It's as if he, he recognizes his state. He recognizes his condition, his sinful condition. And he says in Matthew chapter 8, verse 6, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home in terrible distress. And then Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion answered him, Lord, I am not worthy to have you come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I'm a man of under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, go and he goes and to another, come and he comes and to my slave, do this and he does it. So this is the context of this prayer. I want to unpack this. So this man is daring to go to Jesus. He wants his servant to be healed. He brings this request and Jesus says, oh, I'll come. I'll, I'll, all right, let me go to your house. But but the Roman centurion recognizes, oh, wait, no, I, I'm a Gentile. <laughs> I'm a Roman Gentile. I'm a centurion. You know, uh, I, I'm unclean. You know, I'm spiritually unclean. I am not worthy to have you, Jesus, the Lord. I'm not, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. In other words, I understand the, the customs of the day and I'm viewed as unclean. And, uh, and so I'm not worthy to have you come to me because I, I know how sinful I really am. And so how, how incredible that this man approaches Jesus with such humility. When you go to Mass, do you just take for granted that God's coming to dwell inside you? Or do you actually notice that you have certain sins in your life, the way you treated your spouse, maybe earlier that day on the way to church? <laughs> maybe the way you responded to one of your kids on the way to church? Just that day, do you notice that you have certain blemishes on your soul? Do you ever feel not worthy? to receive the Lord? <laughs> or maybe you have more serious sins. You know, you, you, you're struggling with envy against someone, you know, uh, or you're, you're, you're struggling with pride or struggling with lust. You know, you've got these, these deep wounds, these deep sins. And do you ever feel not worthy? Do you ever stop and realize, no, God is coming to dwell within me. And do you feel like the Roman centurion? I am not worthy. This is a great reminder for us. We never want to take the gift of the Eucharist for granted. And this is why we spend all the time at the beginning of Mass in those introductory rites. We confess our sins in that prayer of the Confiteor. I confess to Almighty God. We cry out for God's mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. We're trying to humbly approach God and recognize I am not worthy. Like the Roman centurion, I recognize, Jesus, I'm not worthy that you should come under the roof of my soul, so to speak. The Roman centurion knew he wasn't worthy for Jesus to come under the roof of his house. We should have that same disposition of humility. I am not worthy. I'm not worthy that you should come into me. I know who I am. I'm just this mere creature. I'm a sinful creature with a lot of original sin, a lot of weaknesses. I've hurt other people. I've hurt my relationship with you, God. I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. It's beautiful to approach God with humility, but it can't stop there. St. Therese of Lisieux, also, like the Roman centurion saw that the whole spiritual life is based on humility, but that humility leads to a childlike confidence, uh, a great trust in the Father's mercy. You see, if I, I deep down am convinced that I'm not worthy, then the only thing I could do is throw myself into the Father's arms and say, Lord, I love you. I know I'm not worthy. I know I'm not worthy but I trust you. I trust your mercy. Yeah, that's the only way that you can really come and be one with me here in Holy Communion. It's the only way. It's your mercy. 
Yeah, so it's beautiful. Like, in other words, if I'm not, if I don't really approach communion with humility, I might just think, well, I'm Catholic. I deserve the Eucharist, <laughs> you know, and then God isn't going to be able to really, you know, bear fruit through every, every grace and Eucharist as much as he could uh, when he's dwelling within me in Holy Communion. But when I approach with humility, I know how weak I am. I know how many mistakes I've made, sins I've committed, how, how many times I've hurt my relationship with God or hurt my relationship with other people. I, I approach God with great humility, but that gives me the opportunity to then abandon myself to him, to throw myself into his arms and, and to trust him and say, Lord, the only way that I can do this, it must be because of your incredible mercy. So the, what does the Roman centurion do? This is this is so cool. Okay, if you don't remember anything else from today's podcast, give me your best attention right now. Uh, I, I think this is a really cool insight into understanding the Roman centurion and what he does next. And it's going to tell us a lot about our Holy Communion. He, he says to Jesus, okay, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word and my servant shall be healed. Now, I don't know if we fully know the context here. I want, to, I want to put you in this context. The man says, but only say the word. I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but only say the word, and I believe my servant will be healed. See, up to this point, the, Jesus has only performed up-close miracles when he's right there with people. He touches the leper in the scene right before in Matthew chapter 8. He touches the leper. People bring their sick to Jesus, and Jesus touches them. He heals them close up right there. He has never performed a long-distance miracle. That He's never done that yet so far in the Gospels. And yet here, this man, this Gentile man, this Roman man, this Roman centurion has such faith that he believes that Jesus doesn't have to come close to his servant. He doesn't have to touch the servant. He doesn't have to enter under the roof of his house where his servant is. This man has such confidence in Jesus. He believes that Jesus could just say the word and then his servant will be healed. He has faith in Jesus to do this long distance miracle, which Jesus has not shown he can do yet. And that's why I love Jesus's response. Check this out, the response of Jesus. He says, Truly I say to you, even not even in Israel have I found such faith. I tell you, many will come from east and west and sit at a table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven, while the sons of the kingdom will be thrown into other actors. What does he mean here? He's saying, like, look, there's, there's many people in Israel that don't have as much faith. In fact, back up in Matthew chapter 8, verse 10, it says, Jesus, when he heard him, marveled. When he heard the Roman centurion say these words, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only say the word, my servant shall be healed. Jesus marveled. He was amazed. Why was he amazed? Because he saw the Roman centurion's great humility and incredible trust. Do you want to amaze the Son of God? <laughs> Do you want to amaze Jesus in your life? Well, what amazes him is great humility and great trust. Approach Holy Communion. Don't even wait for Holy Communion. Right now, if you're driving or you're on your exercise bike, I don't know where you are listening right now, wherever you are, as soon as this podcast ends, just pause and just tell Jesus, just say those words, Lord, I am not worthy. I'm not worthy, Lord. And, and tell him you're sorry for your sins. It's good to tell Jesus sorry over and over again. You know, when you hurt someone, you just want to tell them sorry. And, and just telling them sorry once isn't enough. You have to say it many times because it's heartfelt. Tell Jesus you're sorry. Be humble. Admit 
that you don't have it all together. But then don't stop there. Go to that second the second thing that the Roman centurion does that St. Therese of Lisieux emphasizes we should do, that all the saints exhibit, and that is confidence. Have great trust in the Father. Believe that Jesus can do great things, that he can forgive you, but not just forgive you, he can heal you. He can heal you of your sins, your weaknesses, and bring you to the perfection that he has in store for you. He really can. Maybe not tonight or next week, next month, next year, but over time, this is what this is what Jesus does. He's the miracle worker. He's the saint maker. He does this. He, he sanctifies all of us. Uh, that's, what, that's what he wants to do. He can do it. Do you really believe that? Do you believe that Jesus can solve that big problem in your spiritual life that you have, or that problem in your marriage, or that problem with that friendship, or that dating relationship, or, the, or with the way you're parenting one of the kids and there's a struggle there? Do you really believe that Jesus can bring healing there? Do you really believe it? Approach Jesus with humility. Tell him, I don't know what to do. I'm lost, Lord. I, I, I feel overwhelmed. I don't know if the situation will ever change. I, I, I just don't know if I can change. You know, Just pour your heart out to him in humility. But then, not, don't just say, Lord, I'm not worthy. Then say, but only say the word, Lord. Only say the word, and I believe you can work a miracle in this situation at work or at my parish or in my marriage or with my family or most of all, just in my own soul. Pour your heart out to him. The same Jesus that talked to that Roman centurion and healed the centurion's servant from afar, that same Jesus is present in every tabernacle throughout the world. And he's present especially to us when we receive Holy Communion. But I want you to know he's, he, he's present to you right now. The Holy Spirit's dwelling within you. Christ's Spirit, turn to him. Tell him I'm not worthy, but only say the word, Lord, and beg for him to come and do great things in your soul. That's what this prayer reminds us of. That's what he wants us to do. If you want to learn more about this part of the Mass or really any of the biblical parts of the Mass, all these prayers of the Mass, they come from Scripture. Uh, and this is just another one of those great gems. The more we understand the biblical background of all these prayers, the more we can enter into them. Check out my new book on this on this topic called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass. Uh, it's out with Ascension Press, and it goes through all the parts of the Mass that I've just shared with you one today. We did the, the Wedding Supper of the Lamb last week, and, and there's so many. Every little part of the Mass is a beautiful gem awaiting us to, to, to give our hearts more to Christ, to encounter His healing power in the liturgy. Uh, so check out the book, A Biblical Walk Through the Mass. And once again, just to remind you, if you want to learn more about me visiting uh, your small group to do a Q&A session and, uh, or, or lead a little Bible study, lead something on a certain theme, you could reach out to me at events.edwardsri at gmail.com. That's events.edwardsri at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and God bless.